Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs, investors, people on the cutting edge, uh, sharing those messages, inspiration, and sharing it with the world. So today we have Brent Allen. He's a CFO. And he's a serial entrepreneur with a background in accounting, and he's going to discuss how businesses can leverage their numbers to get more cash on hand and utilize labor strategies to boost financial viability. So today is going to be talking about financial strategies to navigate recessions, finances, CFO. And with that, I'll introduce him to the show and uh, let him talk about his background. So Brett, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here today and to talk to your audience. I do have a background in accounting. I went to school, uh, got my degree, and uh, subsequently got my CPA license. I, you know, I, I I don't know if this is similar to your listeners or not, but my grandfather was an accountant. My dad was an accountant. And so I, I saw the value in having that background. Um, although that wasn't something that I wanted to do uh, for my entire career, uh, have a traditional accounting background. I did um, my time in what they call public accounting, which is what you traditionally think of as a CPA. So the your auditor, your tax preparer. Um, and then I got the opportunity to be a CFO for a growing business, one of my clients. Um, and that, that led to uh, me learning a lot about um, the reality of business, what it really takes, and not just looking at it from the numbers. Uh, but that, that background has helped me significantly had a couple other subsequent uh, CFO positions, uh, everything from learning how to really manage expenses in a stagnant or shrinking environment. Uh, I, I um, was a CFO for a furniture manufacturer for a while, and we all know that that's, that's not a growth business. Uh, and then I've, I've also been the CFO for businesses that were growing you know, 100, 200% a year that were capital intensive. So really understanding how you bridge the gap between what your goals are and what your current resources are, uh, how you take those leaps. Um, about six years ago, I started my own. The goal of that consulting firm, uh, operationally excellent uh, folks who were just great at their craft, but were stuck in one way or another. They were stuck uh, organizationally with the growth. They couldn't, they couldn't figure out how to make enough money or they were stuck in their time. So it is, hey, we're making money, but I'm having to grind it out 50, 60 hours a week. This business can't 
live without me? How, how do I make a transition? Uh, so we've been, um, it's been really exciting over the last six years, seeing a lot of our clients succeed and thrive. Uh, about two years ago, we decided to put our money where our mouth was, is and uh, start buying businesses uh, and putting our, our back-end systems into those businesses uh, without me being involved in the day-to-day operations. And that's also been uh, greatly successful. So I love sharing, you know, how, how do you do this? How do you get out out from uh, behind the chair or, um, and get out and do more with what you're what you want to do in life? Yeah. Interesting. It's um it's a very interesting time in business because there's so much uncertainty. And then uh you I mean, you saw like 2020, your business can just get shut down overnight. Uh and we never know what's gonna happen because they're always messing with interest rates, printing money, you know, all this. Uh, you know, I'll just start out with the first uh question is how do how can we prepare for recessions? Yeah, Chris, great question. I'm gonna tell you, I get I get excited, I get fired up over volatility, and I would encourage everybody inside all your listeners to do the same thing. Most people get scared in any type of volatility, you know, whether things are going straight up or straight down, whether just uncertainty in the in the economy. Uh, I feel like that's there's been uncertainty for almost all of the last 20 years economically. And uh, the folks that I've really see, seen succeed are people who get aggressive in times of uncertainty. So I saw a, a number of businesses double and triple uh, both their top line and bottom line through the 2020, 2021 pandemic because their uh, their competitors were sitting on their heels while they were making bold moves. What, what unlocks that possibility for you without just being irresponsible is to have great uh, financial modeling and to really understand downside scenarios and how to mitigate those downside scenarios. So hopefully this will answer your question. But what I would encourage folks to do and what is what we did in, in 2020. So in March of 2020, when the world as we knew it kind of fell apart, nobody knew whether we were in for a month or 10 years worth of uh, financial depression or recession, we, we acted quickly with our clients. We got in, we understood what does it look like if we go to 80% of our revenue, 60% of our revenue, 40% of our revenue. We stared those things in the face. Some of them were, some of the scenarios were really, really ugly, um, but then we prepared for them. So we got our banking partners on board. We put all pieces in place and the plans in place that even if the worst case scenario that we could imagine were to happen, we were ready for it. And once we had that foundation to operate off of, now we went and got really aggressive and with new marketing campaigns, um, new expansion strategies. And again, we saw our clients really um, not just survive, but thrive. So I would encourage your your listeners that if you take that, um, we may go into a, re- well, I think it's, it's uh, everybody agrees that we're in a recession, going into recession. Uh, what that's going to mean and how deep that recession is going to be is up for debate. But no matter what, you could, you and your listeners could come out of 2023 uh, stronger against your competition than you've ever been. Yeah, interesting. And uh, the basic premise around, you know, preparing for recession, be greedy when others are fearful, double down. And you've seen what are some of the best strategies to maintain healthy cash flow? Yeah, that's one of my favorite Warren Buffett quotes. Get scared when other people are greedy and get greedy when other people are scared. That's heavily paraphrased. You know, cash is king, Chris. And what I would tell you is uh, banks and financial institutions, folks that will help you um, place like lines of credit, you believe in 
or they they respond well to when you have clear financial plans. Not when you go to talk to them about how great you are or how great your business is, but when you were able to go to them, you have to remember that financial institutions uh, operate on very thin margins. They can't afford to ever lose. They would rather turn away 20 good deals to turn around, turn away one or two bad ones than they would the vice versa. So what they want to know is, do you have... Um, do you have plans? Are, are you looking at everything through rose-colored glasses? Or do you have plans for things go sideways uh, that you're going to survive and be able to continue to pay them pay them back? You know, so I think first and foremost, I would encourage all your listeners to go to banks and get some type of line of credit, even if they think they would never, ever need it. Uh, it's a it, If you wait till the day that you need that cash, uh, it's going to be very hard to convince a bank to give it to you. If we talk about your, your cash flow inside the business, uh, outside of uh, alternative financing, obviously that there's two main factors, um, and that is your profitability and your working capital requirements. So it is, am I making am I making enough money? You know, is how much of revenue, top line revenue dollars coming down to the bottom line? And then now at that point, if you've got good profitability, let's call it 10, 15, 20%, are you, uh, are you looking at your receivables and your payables and potentially any inventory, supplies, debt payments that you might have? Um, so I, I encourage folks to, to structure their costs highly variable as possible. So as much as you can structure your costs to, to uh, fluctuate with your top line revenue, the better off you are when times get a little bit slow. But Chris, I mean, I hate to hate to say cash flow is a is a very it's all encompassing. It, it's every it's the result of everything you do in business. I, I'm a heavy, heavy believer in forecasting and knowing what your 13 week or 26 week cash flow, what you expect it to look like, so you can make little tweaks along the way. I find that if you if you wait until a week or two weeks or three weeks out when you might have a little bit of a cash flow pinch, you have to make some very uh, substantial and significant adjustments. Whereas if I see it coming 13 weeks away, I can make very fine adjustments and uh, end up with the same result. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like uh, <clears throat> cash flow is like lifeblood is like oxygen. And, you know, that's how you that's how you can make investments and, you know, pay your staff and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, expand. And um, you talked about profitability. And what's interesting is um, there's this idea where a lot of business owners, they talk about they have like they bring in let's say you know fifty thousand a month or whatever, but then they're still losing money, and they don't understand this idea of profitability, and mm -hmm. it's it's based around this idea of cash flow. So expand upon that. Sure. So um, again, pure profitability is: does it cost me more to perform my service than I'm charging for it? And I've seen a lot of businesses that are very proud of their sales. They're very proud of their top line. But I'm here to tell you that if I was uh, selling dollars for nickels, uh, I'd be a very successful salesman as well. I mean, that's that's an easy thing to do. So uh, understand your market. Sometimes, you know, Chris, unfortunately, I don't know, again, the specific disciplines your li listeners are in, but sometimes there are, you see gaps in the market and you want to fill those gaps with services. But sometimes there are reason why there are gaps in the market. There are just uh, some uh, some products where it costs more to deliver the service than what um, most consumers are willing to pay for it. Uh, so you have to really be honest with yourself. I would tell you that anything you go into, you should do a cost, you know, some type of cost study, uh, you know, build a business case for it. So 
that you're clear that even though this is something you're passionate about, it's something you could also make money doing. I see a lot of business owners that make investments because because a good salesman visits them or because they like the idea. It sounds sexy to have a new piece of equipment or a second or third office. When if somebody was really to, to sit down and put pen to paper, you would find that it's just not a good investment. If you're taking a significant risk, which sometimes that's hard to gauge when you're an entrepreneur because you think you're in control of more things than you are. But when you're taking a significant risk, it's going to take your time, your unique abilities, energy and efforts. You, know, you should be getting you know, 15, 20, 30 percent return on your money. Because you can go put that that same money into passive investments, and pro, and really in today's world, you should be, I think, expecting to make double digit digit returns with, um, with substantially less risk and substantially less effort on your part. Uh, go ahead. No, as a, no, that's that's like it's so well said. Uh, the the other thing is we're talking about. Um, so you talked about especially lines of credit, you know, credits, um, all of these great. Um, uh, financing deals and what advice would you give someone seeking out business funding? Yeah. So, so again, you need to do your homework. So you can, uh, I see a lot of folks that are great operationally know in their gut because uh, they have been on the front lines. They've been uh, interacting with the customers. They, they have a good feel for something new they want to invest in as a good idea you need to be able to quantify that. You need to be able to stress test it. You need to understand from a very financial perspective uh, what the expected return is on that is on that new uh, idea. And if you do that, if you come up with an idea that looks like it can present a you know 15, 20, 30 percent return, uh, then it's all about having somebody knowledgeable and speaking the same language as banks that will uh, help you unlock capital that's relatively cheap. As a business owner, you taking uh, your profits, let's just say at the end of the year, you got half a million dollar in profits for you to roll back that back into an investment. You know, you have to assume that the cost of money uh, for you to do that has to be, again, in the 10, 20, 30 percent, whereas a bank, the cost of money is, you know, somewhere in the fives, you know, five, six percent. So you want to take as much of that bank money as possible, as long as you're confident in the fact investment you're you know, where you're putting that money is going to pay off substantially more than the costs of, of it uh i don't know if that answers your your question chris but really you need somebody that understands how that banking world works specifically in service-based industries i find i run across a lot of folks that say banks won't give me any money banks don't understand me uh and and frankly they just don't know how to talk to banks the folks that I talk to, they don't know how to present their information uh, in a way that the banks can consume it, digest it, and then uh, give them the capital they need. Yeah, interesting. The what really stands out to me is this idea that um, seeking out business capital, business funding before you need it, and that's oh. like really key, especially you know because you never know when you might need that line of credit. Now, would let's say your business is profitable. Um, what should business owners put in place before considering selling a business? Oh, goodness. So um, there's so many factors to selling a business, but the probably the top couple factors, number one is how much does your business rely or depend on you or some other um, uh, single failure point? That's that's going to be a major as an investor. Uh, they investor never wants a single failure point. So if I come in and your practice uh, is all revolves around you, and if I were to pull you out of that practice, 
you know, that's questionable as to how unique it would be, or even if it would continue to be viable, then, you know, you're looking at a much lower sale price. And frankly, what you're looking at is a much longer earnout period, probably. Somebody's going to say, yeah, Chris, I'll come buy your business, but you got to sign a five-year contract to continue working for me for 50, 60 hours a week. And uh, again, I, I find that most business owners that want to sell are not interested in long-term employment post-sale. That's not the reason why they're they're trying to uh, make a deal. So I would encourage business owners to um, have, again, have somebody in that can help them value the business, uh, that can tell them what the levers are. Uh, and one of those main levers is testing for how dependent your business is on you. And then start to uh, put in systems and process and redundancies that will allow your business you allow you to start taking a vacation, go go to Europe for a month. And Chris, what I find more than anything, when people start putting these measures in place, uh, they get more profitable and then they they want to sell their business less. They, you know, that that desire fades away because all of a sudden they have freedom with their time and their business is running without them having to grind on a daily basis. Yeah. Very um fascinating. And um as we come to the conclusion of this talk, um, one thing is that business owners will ask is how can we make sure we're getting the best price when selling a business? You need to have professional helping you. I hate to say that that's my, <laughs> that continues to be my, my advice. If you hire a broker, that broker is going to charge you a substantial amount of money to sell that business. When you take your business and you professionally market it and you put it out to, um, let's call it 20, 50 potential buyers, uh, you are going to find, find the folks that are going to pay the most. And just the fact that you're in that process, people's offers are going to increase because they understand it's competitive. Um, I've sold a number of businesses and there are just unique circumstances. If you're, you know, it may be that your practice is in an area where somebody else wants to expand into and put a hub there, or it may be a, a dark spot in their map for, for, from a coverage perspective. Those folks are going to be willing to pay more for your business than somebody who already has a location there uh, and doesn't need that particular expertise in that area. So uh, it's the strategy around selling, finding the finding the buyer that you pres you have the most value to is the important part. It's not as much about trying to beat more money out of people because <laughs> the the buyers have financial formulas that are um, very tight and rigid. Uh, so you just you have to be worth more to them. Uh, very fantastic discussion. I'm always interested in business valuation, you know, cost of capital, your returns. Because um, ultimately, you know, when when you're in a business, you have a successful, you know, you get in, you want to sell it, um, and it's, it's, it can be quite, you know, lucrative. So, um, how do people contact you, follow you, visit your website, and um, or and um, reach out to you? Sure, our uh, website is Amplify, and it's got an I in Amplify instead of a Y. Um, but you know, one of the things that we do. Um, particularly during this season um, for, for folks that I'm talking to, uh, just because I'm passionate about this, I'm offering uh, some free introductory conversations. So if some of your listeners have, you know, something they want to talk through for a half hour, hour, uh, you know, I'll send you a link and um, you can, you can post it with the podcast. Uh, they're, they're welcome to sign up and schedule with me. I think we've got, you know, eight or 10 slots for that. 
Uh, and once those fill up, you know, then we have um, we have products where uh, we have teams of CFOs and financial advisors that can uh, just meet with you, you know, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, or you know, once or twice a year to make sure that you are on track uh, and that you're seeing things from a financial and accounting standpoint um, in a way that's going to help you reach your goals. Yeah. And um, for all the listeners out there, be sure to check out Brent's um, resources in the links and show notes. Be sure to check him out on his web. Um, with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast, dropping a lot of um, gems and nuggets of wisdom. And thanks for coming onto the show. Thank you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you.